Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Tell you what we want to talk about tonight, okay? COVID schmovid. All right, we want to just talk about the positive things that have come out of COVID-19. And there are positive things that have come out of COVID-19. There really is. Working from home for a lot of people is quite positive, quite a positive experience. For some, it's probably a negative experience. The other positive things is that we appreciate the ones we love maybe a little bit more that we, because we didn't get to see them. Maybe your mum or your dad or elderly people or those who are unwell. Um, for those who sadly lost people um, over the last six months, not just of COVID-19 because more people died for other reasons than COVID-19, but the fact that you couldn't celebrate their lives the way you should have. You know, you, we now appreciate that even more that we get to, you know, those last moments, you know, where somebody is buried or somebody's taken to a church or whatever it happens to be. Um, also, from an economical point of view, the economy is going to crash. We know that. It's going to collapse completely. We're already down 6.5%, which is the lowest we've ever dropped in, or the most we've ever dropped in history since they took figures. So the economy is, is going to just flatline. But in saying that, if you're thinking of starting up a business, commercial property is going to drop in price because, of course, more and more businesses realise they can have more staff working from home, so office prices will go down. You've seen during the week, for example, that Google, I think it was, who were planning and opening a big... Um, work centre over here or headquarters over here have now decided they're not going to do it after all because they've announced that most of their staff now will be working from home for the foreseeable future as most of the tech companies. They're the ones that really benefit from this. The other thing I could say is a benefit, although the retailers wouldn't agree with me, is online shopping. People have got a lot more used to online shopping, which is probably not a good thing because if you're like Ash, you'll just spend money on runners and stuff like that. So online shopping has become very convenient. Um, we probably respect and appreciate our own towns and villages and our own country a little bit more if we've gone on staycations, if they're available to us. But I want to know what it is. If you were to th- if I said to you, think of something positive that's come out of COVID-19, well, how would you respond? What would you say to me? And I know it's really difficult at a time like this to think of something positive because everything seems quite negative, doesn't it? It doesn't look like they're ever going to give us our lives back. And I think I was very interested listening to Ronan Collins today, Professor Ronan Collins, not the RTE one, Professor Ronan Collins, and what he had to say, that there's more in life than living, if you know what I mean. There's more to life than just being born and waiting to die. We like to enjoy the bit in the middle. And I suppose the one thing that's probably really dawned on most of us is not so much the longevity of our lives, but the quality of our lives. The quality has been taken away from us. And I think this is a really important part of the debate that we must have going forward if indeed we're living with a virus, which we've lived with many viruses for hundreds of years. And we always, we live with different problems in life and different reasons, different things that kill us. For example, let me just give you a simple example. Smoking. I smoke. I shouldn't smoke. It's not good for my health and I don't encourage anyone else to do it. But I enjoy it. I know it's damaging to my health. But I enjoy it at times when I'm stressed out. Um, when I'm going through a bad patch. And I'm not certainly not promoting smoking cigarettes because that wouldn't be a very responsible thing to do because they're not good for you. But in saying that, I enjoy it. So we balance out what we believe is our quality of life or something we enjoy doing, even though there's a risk attached to it. And that goes, generally speaking, with life. We eat red meat. And you know scientists have proved that too much red meat can be cancerous. But as long as you do it in moderation, it's fine. It's not going to take too much off your life. We drink alcohol. That, in turn, can also cause liver damage if we overdo it. And we know the risks involved. 
but we're willing to take those risks because we enjoy it. Well, I don't because I don't drink. Um, we travel to faraway destinations on a plane and we get onto a plane knowing that every year there's probably one or two plane crashes where everybody will die. But we take that risk because it's part of enjoying life. These are all the things that we do to increase our quality of life, not our longevity of life. If we all really wanted to elongate our lives, we would probably stay home, do a lot of exercise and we all eat really healthy. But we don't do that because we're human beings and we want to enjoy our lives. Also, part of enjoying your life is being with other people, being with family members, get-togethers, community events, concerts, gigs, all those things. And I always remember when I worked in the nightclubs and because I would have been in a nightclub with, on a Saturday night, Friday night with maybe 1,000 people, 1,500 people, anybody who worked in nightclubs will tell you that the amount of coughs and colds they got were probably more than anybody else because you worked with large numbers of people every night who were breathing and huffing and, and shouting and roaring and not wearing masks, obviously, in, those, in the normal days, back in the old days, which is only seven months ago. But we didn't care because we enjoyed it. We enjoy, I enjoyed the job, so it didn't really matter. Because you get over it, you got a cough or you cold and you were fine two weeks later or a week later. So we got over it. We, we took the chances. We take chances as human beings the day we walk out the door. We have... The one thing we need to not forget is that human beings are mortal. We're not immortal. We're mortal. We all die. And we die usually in and around 82 years of age. If we live longer than that, it's a bonus. If we live less than that, it's unfortunate. But it's a fact of life that some people will succumb to death a lot quicker. And we can never, ever stop everybody from dying. As much as most of us would love that if it was our parents or our family or friends. So we all die at some point. And this journey that we're on at the moment, a lot of what I hear, and, and by the way, I, I don't disrespect anybody who's passed away, but a lot of the narrative that I'm hearing is this desperation to save people who are going to die, inevitably are going to die. All the time. When we talk about everything, not just COVID. And I find it a little bit concerning. If that's the road and the route we want to take in life, we're going to affect everybody's quality of life trying to achieve that. And remember, the most important thing is it's quality of life, not longevity. Longevity is a bonus. Okay, but getting back to the positive things about COVID-19 and what, what we've learned from it and what we will learn from it, Washing our hands is probably a positive thing, isn't it? Um, I don't believe social distancing is a positive thing to learn from it. I believe you should obviously do it because it's a government guideline at the moment, but I don't believe it's a very positive thing because we are human beings and we like to interact. We don't isolate as human beings because neither do primates. Um, We're meant and designed to interact with each other, not to social distance at two metres. But again, that's a guideline currently at the moment during the current crisis, and I would encourage everybody to do that and be responsible about that. But what are the positive things about COVID-19? Send me a text or a WhatsApp to 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. On the Nile Boylan Show here on Classic Hits. Did I? It's at 1 o'clock in the morning. I didn't tell you that. Did I? Morris! Evening, Nile. How are you doing? Morris, were you on the beach with me there a minute ago? I was. I had two margaritas and a Red Bull. Ah, oh, the Red Bull. You can't beat the old <laughs> Keep Red Keep me awake. <laughs> the old Red Bull. Yeah, it was really nice. It was nice and relaxing. I closed my eyes here. I'm sitting on the side of the bed. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I was relaxing, I was saying, jeez, he's not far off. Now, I prefer Portugal. I've been to Portugal a few times, and yeah. I prefer it over Spain. But, um, yeah, I think one of the positive things coming out of this, all this that we have going on, as I was telling the researcher when I rang in, I learned how to make brown bread. My wife taught me how to make brown bread, and I love it now. 
So, um, no, no, so let's go through this because I remember my mother yeah. tried to teach me. There's vinegar in brown bread, isn't there? No, no, honey. Is it not vinegar you put into brown bread? No, not brown bread. Maybe it's that soda bread. I don't soda, know bread. soda bread. Okay, right. Okay, Could be that, you know. Okay, um, so so how do you make brown bread? Brown bread, she has the flour there for me. Okay. Um, she puts honey in it. Okay. Um, what else do you give me for the flour? She's just looking at me here. I'm telling all about eggs, the brown bread. Eggs. Is there an egg in it? <laughs> One egg. Yeah. One egg. Bicarbonate and soda. Oh, that's right, okay. That, oh, that's one. the most important ingredient, of yeah, course. Yeah, and 150 mils of buttermilk. Oh, sorry, 300 mils of buttermilk. Right. And when, she, when, when I watched her doing the first one, I said, God, I don't think I'll be able to do that. And she went through it with me step by step. And then we made one each together. Right. And I think I, I mentioned... Very romantic. On pro- I, I mentioned on one of the programmes before, she went around the neighbours and gave them all brown bread. Right, okay. So I think we've learned how to be more giving. Like, you learn off your parents. You know, be a giver, not a taker. Hmm. And I think that's made us more community-based. And you know Carol's mother passed a year ago. Yeah. And she's yeah. a big hole in her life. But I'll tell you one thing that happened over the last two or three days. When Carol's man passed, she had a lot of clothing, okay? Yeah. And a woman out near where you live, in Edenmore, where you're from, sorry, um, makes takes the clothes and turns them into blankets and quilts. Right. And she got one back yesterday. And you want to see the tear roll down that? My oh. wife's face. So, she, so they made a quilt out of her old clothing? Yes, out of right. her trousers and her tops and everything. Oh, and that's lovely. beautiful. It's like a patchwork. Patch patchwork quilts, yeah, 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 yeah. I get but, you. Noel, the way it was laid out, she has an artistic eye, and every piece of item I remember seeing on Carol's mother. So it's with her forever. Right. So, do you know to say, wrap me around you, I'll be with you forever? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that sounds lovely. I have to it say, it really I, is nice. And, and you know what? You what? I, I, I'm, I'm cooking a bit more too. You know what I mean? Since yeah. it all started, you know what I'll I mean? I'll send you in a photograph of it. You have a look and see the beauty of it. It's mm. really, really good. You know. Yeah. One thing I've learned too, as well, is to be more tolerant of, say, the elderly people. I've a lot of respect for elderly people yeah. because they gave us the country we live in today. They made the sacrifices in the forties and the fifties. Now, when I tell you, some of them would be turning in their graves at the moment. But go on, yeah. You're right, and a lot of them would have been in the GPO with your grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> My I, grandfather was in the GPO in 1916. Yeah. I know, I think there's everybody fell in Ireland running around. <laughs> I think every grandfather was in the GPO in 1916, so, yeah. I think Ireland, we, when we come out of this, I think we're a very generous, open-hearted, kind, welcoming nation. And things like this do affect you. But I think at the end of the day, I know of one person that didn't make it through this because they couldn't hack us. Right? An mm. ex-soldier that I found out about. Okay. But Sorry the good that. that comes out of it is, um, when he was here with us and everything else, he lived life, he loved it and everything else, but everything just got in on top of him and he decided to check out on his terms, you know? At the end of the day, I, I have a view that's similar to you. I believe we're spiritual people that are here to have a human experience. And, and enjoy it. Hum- and yeah. when their human body does, we'll go back to wherever where we came from. Yeah, but is, isn't, isn't that what Ronan Collins had said the other night in primetime, what he said again today? Yeah, uh, the doctor, not, not, mm. the, not the DJ. Uh, yeah. Professor Ronan Collins, he's a, yeah. a geriatrician in Tala Hospital. But, but what he said was this idea that somehow we're trying, we're living just to live, if you know what I mean. Or to exist. To exist. And, and yeah. we're not, you know, we're abolishing or we're getting rid of the quality of life. The quality of life, as he mentioned, you know, for older people. And he said it was very sad that older people were coming to him saying they wanted to die because yeah. they had lost their quality of life. They didn't go to their kids' communions, their confirmations, the community Terrible. events, down to the pub because yeah. they were closed. All these things that have been taken away from people. These things yeah. that we enjoy as human beings are all being taken away. So there's no quality in life. So who wants to live 
a long life when there's no quality in it. And and he made a really good point that we need to go back to, we need to ask for our old lives back again, more or less. Yeah, and I think one of the things, I think it will bring people closer, like you said, to their own mortality. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like you said, you look around, you you see our family, you see our kids growing up. I know you're going through a separation and divorce at the moment. Mm. And, you know, it's part of the cycle of life. It's a big wheel. Life is a big wheel. Everything goes around and comes around. So I think once you leave the place or where you live or somebody that's close to you with a better conditions and a better place to live and say, do you know what? I'll tell you what happened to my generation, probably you. When I grew up, there wasn't an awful lot for us, right? Mm-hmm. And you make a vow. I'll tell you what, when I get married, I what my kids will want for nothing. And I think we spoiled their generation. We did. We, we, we overcompensated, everything. didn't we? Yeah. We did. And yeah, I, did, and I did. did the same. Yeah, I know. And, and I, I wouldn't take it back. But See, my I youngest is nearly 19 now, and I, yeah. you're, a little bit, you're a little bit past my point oh, there, right? 25, and, just gone. Yeah. Day, 25. Okay, so my youngest is 19, and I have, I don't know whether this is a common feeling you have as a father, but I would love to have them back again at, you know, eight and nine years of age. You weren't there, you see. You were like me. You were out working. Oh, well, I, no, I lot. was there a lot of the time, but I was working yeah. a lot of the time too. But, but, but I, would lo- I would love to have that time back with them again when yeah, they were eight or nine years of age. When you see them, you want them to stay at that age, you know, all, yeah, all the time. You you know? the, yeah, and you think of the Christmases and everything else. Oh, yeah, back yeah, yeah. Photographs. But yeah. one of the things where you and I probably, I work every Saturday God gave me to give them more. I work six days a week. No, I don't work Saturdays mm-hmm. anymore because they're all rare. I do so, the, the same. And, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong, you know, I spoil them. We had a good holiday every year and always exactly. a nice car, a nice home. So I did the same thing because I wanted to make sure they had everything that I wanted in my life. Yeah. yeah, and I, people look at me and they go, you know, if you had nothing about your life, would you change it? I said, I would have given me mother and father an easier time if yeah. I could. But see, like, here, but here's the problem with the new normal, right? Yeah. And depending on how long the new normal goes on for, I mean, it's going to have a massive economic effect on the world. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you know, wealth and health are intrinsically linked. Yeah. I mean, the less money people have, the less they can enjoy their lives. And I think this is going to have a massive effect on society. Yeah. I, yeah, and I agree because I'll give you one thing. I walk, I walk out outdoors, right, and I come into contact with a lot of public, yeah. and I meet young and old, and I meet from the 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 A, a up to Z, right. I meet all walks of life, but I've noticed a lot of elderly people are taking time to talk and ask a question and say, "Would you mind helping me?" And I got a conversation going with a woman one day, and she turned around, and she said, "You know what, son? I really think we were better off and happier when we had nothing." Yeah, well, there, there, isn't, there, you know, there, well, there is an argument for that. But to, to be fair, stay there, Morris, if you can. Uh, we're talking about the positive things to come out of COVID-19. When I say positive, things that you think about now that maybe you didn't appreciate before as well, I suppose. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. And some of the texts, by the way, coming in says, nobody knocking on my door trying to sell me stuff. Big positives, says Freddie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Versus uh, Classic it's the only positive thing coming from COVID-19 is watching reruns of classic TV shows like Perry Mason and The Fugitive said Joe. And the person said, I got a new job. I'm going to be a nanny at Christmas. So in a good way, Brilliant. COVID was yeah. a good thing for me. Okay, Audrey, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Audrey? Hi, Niall. How are you? Uh, okay, anything positive in the last seven months for you? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I was just listening to your conversation with that man there and one of you said that what were spirits having a human experience. If anything, yeah. the last seven months has taught me about myself, my son, my friends, that the resilience within humans is so underestimated. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody went into such a panic without the pubs, without every the shop and everything. What will we do? We'll all die, like that type of mentality. And it wasn't like that at all. Thankfully. Like, yeah. It wasn't. Like, for me anyway, I had so much more time 
to connect with myself, to connect with my child. Like I had a friend before that and then our friendship grew into more than that because we had so much time as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And my friend, like me and my girlfriends that we've been friends since we're 12, we, we connect, like we were on the Zoom nearly every day, checking in with each other, having the laugh, like, and then other friends were on the Zoom calls as well. Like, so it was all about really connecting as well for me. Good technology now, did here, make that was, easier, of course, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. And here people give out about technology all the time, but there's loads of positives to it as well. So like my son, God love him, you know, he's only, he's four next week, and he would have had the phone there, like in crash, he would have been stimulated a lot, yeah. and I'm only one person, he's here with me, and like, I can't stimulate him like that with the way crash would, and how creative it all is, and I can try, and do my best, but the life when he's bored, and I'm doing his head, and he had the phone there, like the technology was ma- like a massive yeah. positive to, to this time, so I kind of get frustrated when I hear people talking about the negativity around the technology it was really beneficial well, the way, yeah, but there is, there is some negativity well not so much about technology course, I've, I've talked about social media it, it, without yeah. it it would have been much more oh no technology is amazing talent. social media is where I have the problem but technology I love technology I'm a gadget freak uh, well, so, actually yeah. I was only speaking about that last last night to my partner and I um, the social media thing I kind of over the last few months I used to hate it and I used to give it loads of sticks but then I kind of refreshed the whole social media for myself and I'm only following things pages that are uplifting and empowering and encouraging and there's one or two kind of people that I you know I there would be positive stuff coming from yeah this time last year I would have been drained coming off I would have been like just yeah you do you are drained because I mean I I have no interest in social media but I do it because I have to do it for the show like now I do I go onto Instagram Mm. or TikTok or Pinterest and they're all just like I'm either laughing or I'm either feeling better or I'm either really interested yeah. So, I, like, that's completely different than last year, where I was like, oh. Morris, have you Morris, have you watched much media or social media more so in the last seven months? Have you watched more telly, for example? Have no. you watched, have you gone, gone YouTube a bit more or whatever? I do a bit of stuff on YouTube because I like some of the hunting videos from America when they're going after certain types of animals and then they're up in the trees now with bows and arrows like the Indians. But I've gone back to reading a lot of books. Right, okay. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of people yeah, have, yeah. Yeah. And, like, the YouTube and stuff that like last night I was lying in bed and I was like, What do I do? And I got an idea. I like I like chess. This sounds really weird, but I was sitting in bed for like I was telling my friends for nearly forty five and just watch videos on YouTube with chefs. Like, I, do you know, do you know YouTube I mean? is a nightmare, right? Because I do the same. I'm lying in bed and you know what you sometimes you don't feel too tired, so you but you want to go to sleep. So you mm. stick I stick back on my glasses again. I I'll take the phone out and I'll start watching yeah. a video on YouTube and then it, it there's a link <laughs> on the side to the next video and the next video. And I ended up watching yeah, like, when I tell you what I watched last night, I spent twenty minutes watching a video about Venus flytraps, right? Which are these plants well, that catch yeah, okay. little <laughs> flies. And I, I have no interest in Venus flytraps. I have no but idea why I was watching it. Watch it for 20 <laughs> I was intrigued by this. Now, this plan. Work on your self control. <laughs> Don't blame YouTube because you can't turn it off. Venus flytraps. I mean, I could have watched porn. I could have watched anything apart from Venus flytraps. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's loads of health benefits to the social media as well. But the whole, like through the whole COVID. Like, my heart went out. Like, I, I was a healthcare assistant, right? And I was out of work while I couldn't find care. Um, but when I went, my poor clients, like, they were already isolated enough mm. before the COVID. Like, yeah. it's not easy for the elderly. Obviously, their families are, they have their own lives and whatnot. And then they might have the odd, like, day, day centre or, you know, they go to the shop for a walk. Yeah, or yeah. their routines, like, you know, walking their dog. One of my, and, and it just all, they were just completely isolated. It was so 
was and, so you know, and, I, and I think that's something we should look back at with a lot of regret, that we didn't consult enough with older people. It was no. just tell sure them that. to stay indoors and that was it. Yeah. We, we didn't do more for them because as, well, actually, uh, as we spoke about this today. For the elderly, with the likes of pharmacies and shops and the community itself. Well, they did like, a lot for them. They did, in fairness. They did. They, yeah. they made sure that they were like, I know one of the local shops for one of my clients. Like they, they started delivering. Yeah, but I, but I think, I think like. yeah, but when I think back, you know, when we told elderly people to stay away from their grandkids and stay away from their families and yeah. stay on their own, and I think we look back at that as a mistake. And this is what Professor I Collins would, was talking I would about. Hope today. So, yeah, absolutely. Because, they, because a lot of them became so lonely and so isolated. And I spoke to a friend of mine, and his 82 year old yeah. mother used to be always in their house. And during the lockdown, of course, she wasn't. She was in her own home. And he said she had aged five years. In that yeah, three or two or three months, whole, yeah. all their health deteriorated massively. Like they, they were yeah. old. My clients, but them, like they just got older and just kind of the ones with depression and stuff. They just got so Worse. bad. Yeah, like, they got lonely so and bad. isolated. Yeah, and I know. the GP situation, their their care team, like they they weren't available for them. You know, they, they just weren't available. They might have been available on the phone, but then they, they'd wait for an appointment. And then but they still aren't. Just... I only spoke to somebody recently, an older woman, and she wanted to go to see her doctor. She rang the doctor. He wouldn't see her. I'll see you on the phone. And, you know, a video conference on Not the phone. The same, like... And she said, I want I want to come in. She had a, she has a multitude of, of underlying problems, yeah, right? And she wanted him to, to go in so he'd examine her and take her, you know, temperature and Absolutely, check her yeah. blood pressure. But no, he wouldn't. He said, you're grounded. He was doing it over the phone. And she, she said, that's not what I want. And that's like I can now I can walk in now and make an appointment with my GP surgery. Like that shouldn't be that that's that, that's that's a particular surgery. Like it should they they, can't, mm. they shouldn't be able to say that to an elderly person. No, like, no, you're right. No, you're right. Okay, their health. Like, okay, well let, let's go back to the positives again. Okay, so we discovered ourselves. Audrey discovered herself. Stay there, Audrey. Let me, let me go to Joe as well. Joe, you're a classic kid. Oh, Joe, hold on. Somebody switched job here. Sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Joe, oh, you know, you know, give me give me something positive. Tell you no, Niall, watching old classic TV shows is one good thing about getting away from COVID. Right. Oh, you sent in the text about Perry Mason. Yeah, all those shows, yeah. They're what, all was, what was his Ironside? Raymond Burr, wasn't it? Raymond Burr, that's the fella. Yeah, 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 yeah God yeah. bless him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, he did Ironside as well. He was he the did, chap in the wheelchair, Ironside. yeah. He done that just after Perry Mason finished, yeah. Right, did you ever watch Perry Mason already? It's great. No, I don't know what it is. It's he's a detective. Thing, he's a, an old-fashioned type of thing. He's a detective. <laughs> okay. I, Joe, what about Columbo? Columbo, jeez, I loved him. Oh, I love Columbo. <laughs> he's another detective, Audrey. I'll just sit quietly in the corner and observe. Uh, don't tell me, Audrey, you've never heard of Columbo. <laughs> no, I've never heard of He wears a dirty old white mac and always has a cigar in his hand and he has a no. dodgy eye and he's kind of always... Your man that looks like your man, was it, Jack Frost? Is that... He looks filthy. What? Who looks like him? No, you know who he looks like. Do you what's know the, Frost? What's his name? He's off there. Oh, here, I give up. I'm not even no, you know, you, you know the guy that plays the Hulk in the Avenger movies? What's his name? Um, Ashley. Yeah, I do. What's the guy who does the Hulk? Your man. You know your man. Yeah, the guy who plays the role of the Hulk. Your man the, with the hair. Him, yeah. <laughs> well, he looks like him. He doesn't look like the Hulk, obviously, but he looks like that actor. He's the image of him. Sorry, Joe. Sorry. You know what, actually? You loads went, of people... Sorry, but the TV situation, I did, did you... See and hear of loads of people getting trying to get through to like the various media and Sky and all that stuff, and they were having awful problems like trying to get through to all. And the, loads of people were relying on the telly. Of course, yeah. Months. And then Virgin Media had a few problems. Yeah, I know they did. <laughs> yeah, but let me get back to Joe. Sorry, Joe. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, the, 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 the actor I was trying to think of. And Mark Ruffalo would. I believe he's been asked to make a movie about Colombo. But go on anyway. Is that right? Yeah, right. yeah. 
So what what else did you watch, Joe? What's your favourite TV uh, shows? The Fugitive is back again. Brilliant, now, yeah, on, yeah. You know, remember David Jensen? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, remember and, that? Um, I'd watch all the comedies as well. Only Fools and Horses there is brilliant, you know. Ah, so funny. It's just that's, yeah. real, that's real British, good old British comedy. Yeah. <laughs> 39, and it's 39 years old today. It actually began on BBC 39 years ago. Today. You're kidding me. Yeah. The very first episode was aired. And when did... Do you know how David Jason started on TV? I think he started off in a couple of uh, small roles in the late 60s, and he'd done a, another show there before... When he how did he become off. famous? Do you know how he became famous? I don't know how he became He famous. was the voice of Danger Mouse. Oh, Danger Mouse, that's right. Danger Mouse! Or did you remember Danger Mouse? I would no. remember it well. Jesus, how are you? No. Hey, Audrey, are you a child? I mean, yeah, I'm 30. <laughs> yes, I am, I'm 30. Oh, but you do know Only Fools and Horses, don't you? Of course, my dad watches it. That's what he my said. dad you know, watches it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, no, like, I do. It was your man. Is your man that in the actor of Only Fools and Horses the same as Columbo? No. He looks I a bit, think, well, he looks a bit like him. Say. Now, he does look yeah, a bit like him. He did him. that show Jack something. He was like a detective in it. That's I right, think. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... Um, Ah, uh, Joe, help me out here. David oh, Jason, what was the what was the, the the detective he did? He was a copper, some some sort of copper. Was like, it frost? Was old in it. Not fra. Frost. That's what frost. I said. Frost. Frost. Wasn't that's it? Frost. That's right. A touch, a touch of frost. A touch of frost. Yeah. That's right. Was his name Jack? Was his name Jack? Maybe that's a snowman. Jack Frost. Maybe his name was Jack Frost. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the same guy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, and Columbo was a bit like him. That's right. That's, that's right. what I thought it was. Oh, his name uh, was... Ashley just told me his name was Jack Frost. Yeah. In it. yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I was right. So you were right. See? Yeah, it's probably the only thing you were right about, but there you go. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, well, okay, what else, Joe? Give us another TV show you watch. Um, I'd watch uh, Porridge, you know, Porridge, Ronnie Barker. Ronnie Barker, yes. What a great... And it, Now, his cellmate... Um, I can't remember his name. Richard Beckinsale. Yeah, he died very young. He, he was. Died, yeah, his daughter was an actress as well. You did, know that. Don't didn't you? he take his own life? He was only in his thirties or something, and he That's took his right. own life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonderful That's actor, right, but unfortunately right. didn't live very long. God bless him. That's right. Just after they finished the run of it, they did, that he, I think they made a film, and that was it then. Yeah. And um, he died suddenly after that. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, what's his name? Uh, Rising Damp. That was another good. Oh, comedy. Reginald Perrin. Reginald Perrin, that's right, Leonard Rossiter. Yes, yeah. He Poor old Audrey, our brain is over our head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we've established now, okay, Audrey has found herself, you found TV. <laughs> My friends, connections. And connections, oh, connections. Yeah. And finding yeah. yourself and your friends and, you know, and yeah. Joe, Joe has found his new best friend, which is television. <laughs> Well, I it's better than looking at flame in the RT news anyway. Well, I, I, to be honest with you, watching, gouging your eyes out would be better than that, to be oh, honest, no, to be honest no. with you. Or it's st- a Did you watch the Late Late Show the other night? Uh, I looked at a bit of it, I turned it off then after 10 minutes. No, I only watched it literally for research purposes because I wanted to see yeah. what Ronan Glynn had to say. A lot of rubbish. Yeah, I, rubbish. I swear to God, I've often said before, you know, when I've, I put up on Twitter one night, Late Show, Late Show is on tonight, I have three options. I'll watch yeah. it. I'll stick hot needles in my eyes yeah. or I'll drink a gallon of my own piss. Yeah. And I usually I, go for options. drink the piss, <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I know more than I look at Torbidi, I would. God bless. He's, he's not easy on the eyes, is he? God love him. <laughs> but, but he's a nice fella. I met him a yeah, few times, actually. He's funnier than Torbidi, anyway. <laughs> Let me go to Anna. Stay there, lads and ladies. Anna, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Anna, give me something positive. 
Well, let me see. I'm going to be a granny in December. Congratulations. Thank you, honey. And I got the job that I have been after for years. I eventually got it during the COVID, so I'm happy out. What's the job? Um, I was a carer for a very long time, and then I applied for the HSC, and I got it at long last. Well done. Congratulations to you. So, that's it now. That's yeah, me. So, happy out. So, and who's, who's having the baby, your son or daughter? Oh, my daughter. Oh, your daughter's having the baby, so obviously things were good during the uh, the lockdown for them. They were good for her, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of lockdown babies coming. Will there be, there al- will there be anybody naming their baby COVID or oh, Corona? Baby, she's not, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> what do you mean? Calling the, <laughs> calling the baby. Ah, uh, here. Who's called the baby Stephen Donnelly? Don't insult the poor child, for God's sake. <laughs> Si- they be calling them Simon and Mihal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, no, <baby. laughs> That'd be terrible to inflict the baby with such a name for the rest of her life. Could you imagine? And is this your is this your first opportunity to be a grandparent? It is indeed. Yeah. Oh, you must be very excited. It's like having your own bloody baby, isn't it? I know. I can't wait. That's the problem. I'm afraid I'll take it over. Well, now I'm just telling my kids if they're listening, I can wait. Okay. Thank you very much. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can wait, but when the time comes, you'd be delighted. Yeah, because I I don't know about being like I'm only fifty six. I don't know if I'm happy to be called granddad, fifty six years of age. Well, I'm forty seven, and they're going to call me Granny Annie. So. Oh, oh God, it's very young to be a granny, isn't it? No, is it not? Okay, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm missing out here on something. Audrey! Is she still there? Ah, she's gone. She's abandoned us. Uh, I I think it's very young to be called a granny. I think when you're called granny or granddad, you always feel a bit older, don't you? Yeah. Well, I always call my grandparents (laughs) nanny and granddad. Yeah, I used to. I used to call, we used to, when I was young, now I didn't know my grandparents for very long. I was quite young Mm. when they both died. And mind you, they were in their late 90s, both of them. Yeah. Uh, but But it was Nana. And granddad. Nana, yeah. Yeah. Or I had my grandparents on my mum's side. I used to call them Miss Ellie and Jock. Oh, right, by their name. Out of Dallas. Oh, right, I guess. <laughs> Joe, are you a grandparent? No, no, no. I'm only in mid-40s now. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm a, I'm, I, I love the vintage, though. That's what I do. Well, it seems that you can be a grandparent at any age, according to... Well, we're being told here anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, 47. Of course you can. Yeah, and I've been told to say hello to your daughter, Orla, is it? Yeah, all that. All right. Sitting up in the kitchen with her daddy. Oh, right, okay. Is she, and is she starting to show yet? Huh? Oh, sorry? No, it's Amy that's pregnant. Oh, Orla's right. 11. Oh, right, sorry. Oh, I let Orla ah, stay up to hear the conversation because she didn't believe me. Sorry, Orla. I didn't mean that, Orla. I know you're, you're too young to even understand that. Hopefully that went over your head. Do you mean oh, she's all right. <laughs> and how come oh, she's allowed to stay up so late tonight? Huh? Just to hear you on the radio. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Does she want to come on and say hello? Well, ask her and see what she says. Yeah, she might she come might. on. She might come on and say hello on the radio because she might well, want she to. She might. Yeah, so why not? She's one of those she nights. Might, she might be too shy though. I think I'm losing my mind tonight. It's so warm in the yeah, studio. Put her on. Yeah, put her on there. Hold on, we'll see. We see. She now she might be shy, so don't force Hold her. Down. All right. Can you say hello tonight. Hello. Hello, Orla. Hi. How are you? Hi. And how old are you again? Ten, is it? 11? I'm 12. Oh, you're 12. Okay, are you back in school? Yeah. Are you enjoying she's it? Here now, she's here now, Niall. Hold on. Hold on. She's here. Okay, I can hear her, yeah. I can hear her. Hold on. Oh, no, Hello, she, she did. She's on a delay. Don't be te- tell her not to take the phone off you again. She's listening to you 10 seconds afterwards, see, because there's a delay. All right. Hello. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is getting very confusing. So, are you enjoying school? 
on us. So unfortunately, the radio is on in the background, so she's hearing us ten seconds later. Am I on at all? It's all got very confusing now. All very confusing. My head, my brain is starting to hurt. Hello, are you there? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do me a favour, okay? Orla, don't listen to the radio. Just listen to me, okay? Yeah. Because, see, the radio plays 10 seconds after. So you can hear yourself 10 seconds later on the radio. Come on. Okay. The radio's on the background line. She can't hear you. <laughs> That's I, Nanny's fault, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay, I was just trying to explain to her the way that works, that she can hear yourself 10 seconds later on the radio. So there's oh, a okay. delay. <laughs> Alright, listen, okay, have, have a wonderful you time, isn't you, you don't want to talk to your dad while you're at it. Farmer oh. Brown, as I do call him. I'll put Farmer Brown on. Jesus, this is like a community affair tonight. Oh, let's not be giving out. Yeah, but he'll have the radio on as well. Ah, uh, no, I'll put him out and sit no. Here, Farmer Brown, I go on, they're all gone too shiny. I know, let them at it. Listen, congratulations on the new job and congratulations on becoming a granny too, all right? And I'm delighted. Thank you, honey, you're very good. All right. Thanks, see you, bye, bye, bye. Okay. Chambers, I didn't know where that was going to go. You all right, Joey? You still hanging in there with me? Oh, I'm still hanging in there, Noel. Yeah, yeah. Anna, how you doing, Anna? Oh, is it, or is it Michael? Michael, sorry. Mike, how's things? How you doing, Michael? How's things? Not so bad, not so bad at all. Okay, Michael, I mean, Joe mentioned the TV, which a lot of people have found the TV to be great company over the last seven months. Uh, Netflix subscriptions have gone through the ceiling and everything else. But what, I mean, what do you like watching? Uh, watching, I, anything that's a crime thing, so I'd go from, yeah, Perry Mason, Colombo. Oh, yeah. Right the way up to um, The Wire, The Shield. Oh, right, you and Joe would get on great. Yeah. But you also like to watch... You know, the kids out on their bikes and doing what they used to do years ago. It was just when I was driving around, especially when the roads were quiet, and it just gave me a great kick. Now, I've got two grandnephews, and so I got them their own first bicycles, you know, and it just yeah. just gave me a great kick seeing all the little kiddies out on their bikes on the main roads, kind of with their parents, getting used to them, being a mode of transport as opposed to being a toy. Yeah. And just the look of determination and achievement and everything on their faces when they were flying down the road, I just thought, yeah, brilliant. It just made you good to be alive. You know, that kind yeah. of it made you feel good to be alive. No, it does. And it's nice to see, you know, kids out <laughs> kicking a ball. Or And I, I remember towards the end of the lockdown, I think it would have been about the end of May or something like that, right? And I had some come in, someone come on the air and start giving out about a group of kids that were on the green plane chasing because it was meant to be a lockdown, right? And they were giving out about these kids. And I'm going, would you ever stop? You know, they're just being children. And you know what? I would, I much, as much as they're breaking the rules, I understand that. I much prefer to see children enjoying themselves and doing something outdoors. For years, we complained about them being indoors and on computers all the time. Outdoors anyway, like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, like I saw kids playing hide and seek out in the street behind the bins for the first time and ever, really. About yeah. 20 years since I'm living in the estate. And again, you know, you just kind of go, yeah, that's good. It's just nice to see there being kids, like you said. See, you we, di- we didn't have the technology to keep us indoors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm assuming but, both of you were as old as me. Well, yeah. Joe is not. The good, the good about the lockdown, about the early part of the year, too, with the lockdown, the weather was brilliant there during the spring, you know. Yeah, that's why I don't think a lockdown would be as successful now from a governmental no, point no, of view. I don't no, think it'd be as, I don't think the compliance would be as good because no. we have the good weather. That's right. We were lucky that time to see. So we could do things out the back garden, we could paint the oh, shed, we could yeah, yeah. Painted 
you get your garden cut, paint your... Yeah, but you wouldn't be doing that now. No. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably get fined for it now. <laughs> <laughs> Not as well. If the Green Party have the way, they'd be fining us for oh, everything, geez, for God's don't sake. Don't talk to me about that, fella. Sleep, sleepy head. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepy Eamon. Sleepy Eamon. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I heard he's going to be dressed up as Santy this year. That uh, with Sa- if Santy doesn't come, he'll be the substitute. <laughs> yeah, he'll be dressed in green. Um, he'll be the anti, the anti Santy. The anti Santy, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, I green- the only one thing, thing was when I was looking at all the kids and I was just thinking, oh, I hope he don't turn into Velcro Nazis and twin Velcro fascists in twenty years' time. Or, yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah. Not Velcro, Lycra, Lycra, Lycra. 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 Yeah. Time, you know what I mean? Absolutely, and but Michael, overall, I mean, look, it's been obviously a very negative time for a lot of people. It's quite a depressing time for people because they couldn't, you know, visit family members, they couldn't go on holidays, they couldn't do all the things that we enjoy doing as human beings. But I think there has been some good things that have come out of it, and the appreciation for maybe life a little bit better. I think so, and I think people kind of maybe a little bit more resilient over it. We realise that. Yeah, if you can't run to the shop every day, you can just throw the kids outside and let them do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of got rekindled nearly in the relationship with my father, Amazing. you know, because I was visiting him a lot more to see how he was. Yeah, that's and great. And doing shopping and just spending time chatting and all that, you know. Like some other, someone else, one other of your contributors was saying the same thing. It's, we kind of got to realise the, the things that were close to us that we could still do Yeah, without having to... You know, yeah. well, I suppose loads of money, whatever you know, because we were all having to cut our cloth. And and by the way, what what county are you in? By the way, Michael. Oh, I'm in Galway. All right, okay. Galway hasn't been mentioned, but of course, Limerick and Dublin were kind of thrown in the mix there tonight with a, an almost a hint that if things didn't get better, there could be another lockdown. I don't think lockdowns are the answer, and I think many no, professors no, that would never work. I I you know, I think this point we need to stop relying on lockdowns. Okay, there there are many commentators who are hearing on. the I'm glad you put it so eloquently, Joe. There, there are many commentators that we're hearing regularly on radio and TV, and you, you've mentioned uh, some of them there. And to be honest with you, you know, they're like the, some of them are like the Grim Reapers. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah and, but there are others, unfortunately, but the others don't seem to get as much airtime. I mean, we spoke to uh, Professor uh, Paul Moynihan, who was on the air with us here from Minute University, and he's an immunologist, I think. Uh, we spoke to Professor Collins today. And they're much more upbeat about it and talk about living with the virus and getting back to normal and just doing what we need to do, but not not locking everybody down again. That there's more to and life as, than that. And as well as that, now you see, they're testing people all the time now. There's more testing now than ever before. Of course there Some is. Some cases are about to be up and down all well, the time. Like, you know? We've tested over, I think in seven days, 70,000 or close, close on 70,000 people, which is like record numbers. And then they wonder why there's more cases. Of course, yeah. if you go look for something, you'll find us. Or should the, 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 those journalists that to be at the briefings there every evening? I'd say most of them are sniffing something because they're only all <laughs> grim reapers. <laughs> they're, all, they're all grim reapers. They're probably all working for the green party. You know? <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing worse than the sensational news. I remember one of the big stories going back about a month ago was you know, a cleaner in one of the hospitals had tested positive for COVID. Now, she was perfectly fine. She was a youngish kind of woman and she was perfectly fine. She probably didn't even know she had it. And all of a sudden, the headline in the paper was, outbreak in Nace Hotel. Yeah. And, and immediately when you see that, you think, oh, jeez, there must be loads of patients with it and they're all dropping dead. And I, That's the kind of impression you get from a sensational headline like that. I think, I think the media have a lot to answer for uh, when it came to COVID-19 and sensationalising stories. Yeah. yeah. You Artino know? and Virgin Media have gone to the dogs, like, you know? Have they? I hope you don't say the same about classic hits to your friends. Oh, no, I look. Listen, Noel, I must say, 
that during the, the lockdown, you're, you're the only one that has spoken the truth. You know that? Ah, thanks very much. I appreciate it. My you version of the truth, truth anyway. You, you, you say it, but you, you say it as, as it is, like, you know? Well, I appreciate that, Joe. Stay there for a second. I want to go to Sinead as well. Sinead, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sinead? Hi, how are you? Sinead, you work with people with disabilities. I do, yeah. Okay, and what, I mean, what did you gain from, I suppose, the last seven months? Well, it was basically their, um, their persistence and their, their drive to make new normals for themselves. Because as staff, at times, you're thinking, oh, God, how in the name of God are we going to get through the day? But because um, they'd no day services, they'd no, you know, their activities were gone. Everything was gone, horse riding, everything. And suddenly then there were comments was, and we didn't even realize that they would have the intellectual ability to um, to make decisions as in like come up with new activities and stuff. And out of nowhere, every single day did something new, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, so they were discovering abilities that they didn't realise that they had, with obviously the encouragement from people who were caring for them and helping them as well. Well, the support staff were being taught something new about of each course. individual every single day, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was wonderful. So it was quite inspirational for you in that in that respect. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And do you, yeah. do you think over? I mean, look, overall COVID-19 has been a very negative thing. There is no doubt about that. But, you know, I mean, look, sure, you know, the media have painted this whole negative picture from the very, very start that everybody was going to die. And thankfully, nothing like that happened. Uh, sadly, mm-hmm. some people did die, uh, but certainly nothing along the lines of what we were told was going to happen, which is a good thing. But I, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that the biggest negativity of the whole thing was the fear that's been instilled in people. People, illogical fear in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Some genuine fear, but a lot of it was illogical. But I think the positive thing that came out of it was that we learned to deal with a different way of living our lives. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And mm-hmm. um, even in the, like, the day-to-day living in our personal lives, obviously, as frontline workers, we had to make changes to protect the people we support. But... Um, it's been absolutely fantastic in the in the sense that it is it's a new normal. We're all gonna to have to get used to it. We're just gonna to have to get up and get on with it. But um it's the people we support, as I said, they they've been the kind of slap in the face for us and we just turn around to support staff and we think, Why were we doing so much to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they would make decisions on what they want to do, but we have them now booking their own things rather than support staff doing it. Yeah, you know, I, get you. So, I get you. So they've learned a lot from it, yeah. Definitely. And uh, we, some people I work with, they're like, could be 20, 30 years working with people with intellectual disabilities. And every day you go out as a frontline worker, regardless of how qualified you are, you will always learn something new. But it's never been to the rate that we are learning within our service every single day with the people we support. Well, look, that's wonderful and fair play to all those people by the way out there because I suppose people with disabilities the elderly the vulnerable all those vulnerable groups out there needed all the support they could get during the last seven months so it was very important that people like yourself and other health, health workers out there were there for them to help support them too and help them uh, to support themselves I suppose as well which was important definitely alright yeah. Sinead thanks for that appreciate it let me go to stay there please if you can Joe as well let me go to uh, Sienna <laughs> hi Sienna how are you I'm all right. I'm all right. Now, I, Sienna, you, Joe, Sienna was hit hard by the old lockdown because unfortunately Sienna is quite ill 
And oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, she, she, she's okay. She's okay to talk about us. Oh, uh, no, I'm getting there. She's getting I there. I'm going to get very emotional. And why, why are you going to get emotional? No, I just want to thank you, Niall. Ah, oh, you don't have to thank me. And all the guests. Um, well, uh, well, as, as I said to you, there, no, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, give me a big hug, Sienna. Sienna, give me a big hug. Oh, can you feel it? I can, I can. That's wonderful. Okay, no, so let's let's um, bring you through this. Okay, you want to thank me and thank the girls because it gave you something to listen to, and we are like your best friends at night on the radio. And apart from anything else, you entertained us as well, Sienna. Oh, you did. Well, you see, when I go get you, better be all at chapel. Oh, what, when you get married? When you croak? I don't know. What, what day are you planning on croaking? I don't know. I might be busy that day. <laughs> I'm, oh, only, no, I'm no, only joking, no, Sienna. I'll be forced no, in the no, queue. No, <laughs> I'll be forced in the queue. But here, Sienna. Sienna. What did, like, do you know... I, I know... I don't want to make this sound insensitive, but you brought up the conversation, so it's probably all right. You know what I mean? But you know the bit at the funeral when the family are up at the top... You know where the, the coffin is, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then everybody is queuing up, right, to shake their hand or whatever. Well, maybe you don't shake hands anymore because that's not social distancing, right? But maybe yeah. by, the, by, the, by the time that happens, yeah, and I hope it happens a long way away for you, right? But the thing about it is, when you get up to the top and we need to shake hands, when, when maybe we can get back to doing that again, what do you say to the person? I've always wondered what you're meant to say. Right, you go up and you just say, uh, sorry for your loss. Is that, a, is that, a, would they not be just sick hearing people saying that? Yeah, but that's what you do, or else you're just grown up. You just shake the hand and say, sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. You know what? Sorry for your loss. You just go, boy, this is me in the right, I'm a nosy swine. Because <laughs> like most of them are only there because they're nosy swines. No, I'm not saying that. We've got up there for a bit of respect for the person of diet. Yeah. I remember and years I ago I was going to a funeral of uh, a guy I worked for. It was a boss of one of the nightclubs I worked in. His father died. So we all kind of felt we better go, even though, you know, it was probably out of the way. We didn't really know the man at all, actually. But we went anyway, just to pay our respects. And the main mind, Mark, he was in front of me and hadn't a clue. And he said to me, what I say? And I said, I just said the first thing that comes into your head, like, because I hadn't a clue what to say either. So he shakes the boss's hand, like, and he says, shocking day today, isn't it? And I said... <laughs> I said, what did, you, what did you say that to him for? He said, it's raining outside. I just said to him, shocking day today, isn't it? Uh, wait, I'll give you a laugh, Niles. This is true as God. I've never, ever been to a cremation, right? Right. And this be obviously before my partner died. And his sister-in-law died. And I was freezing out in the, what do you call it, grass in heaven. And the, the funeral, now she wasn't getting cremated. But she was... Six miles up there. Right. Uh, an exaggeration. Yeah. But I said, I'm not going all the way up there, but I was dying to see a cremation. I've never seen a cremation. Oh, wait, I tell you, I went in. Did you see, uh, Joe, have you seen one? No. Okay, okay. Jo, well, Sienna will give us a quick explanation of what happens. Right. I mean, I, I, and I don't want this to sound very morbid for people who've I lost people. No, I will have to say, I, uh, no, I am getting cremated, but... You go in. Now, when you go in, everyone's there. The door is locked. Right. 
and they say the couple of prayers and that I haven't got a clue. I have no idea whose commission I was at. Right. And next of all, my phone started ringing. My partner was ringing me to see where I was. Right. And guess what? The the the, the town. Ah, uh, wasn't born baby born or something oh, like that, was it? Oh, Disco was Inferno or something? Oh, no, what was it? You raised me up, right? <laughs> yeah, you raised me up. So anyway, I'm coming out with this. To me, he didn't look like a priest. He was more like just a man. But well, he was probably a humanist, yeah. And he said to me, um, oh, he said, uh, Tommy, he said, did you know him long? I did. Uh, I'll tell you, I should be on fucking face. Because you had no idea who he was. I said, uh, I said, I love him, man. And then he said, he could be a, a, a contentious hell shit when he wants. Ah, oh, no, I said, but you have to really know him. Yeah. No, I had to know who this man was. I have 40 seconds. Go on, make it quick. But so anyway, to just very finally, Sienna, do they put them in and is there like a curtain that opens and they go through a curtain and that's the end of it? Come here and I tell you, I'm getting cremated. Right. But I am going to the one that has cross because that looks better because I've looked right. at all this. Right. Well, look, Sienna, I don't want to be talking about that because I don't want to be thinking about things like that, horrible things and thoughts like that because I couldn't I have you going away, me. I'll send you all in a bit of me ashes. <laughs> but I will speak to that. No, I listen. You could, I, you could speak to us from the grave. From the bottom of my heart tonight, yourself and the gang, keep me going. And my Gary, Gary Cunningham, loving to bits. All right. And well, listen, I'll pass on to him. Sienna, I have, to, I, have, I have one second left here, okay? Sienna, listen, have a wonderful night, okay? I'll talk to you shortly. See ya. Bye. You. See ya. Love you too. Paula. Good evening to you. Good evening. You're very angry. Very. Okay. Explain. I'm in trouble. Ex- you are. Okay. Explain to me why you're angry. I'm extremely angry about the comment you made about the Late Late Show. Okay. Which comment in particular? Um, you said you only looked at it. For research purposes. For research purposes. Yeah. Did you see the two beautiful young girls? I did see that. I have yes. to be honest, I did see them. And by the way, we interviewed the, the 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 man who found them and his son. We interviewed them on the show here about three or four weeks ago. So we did talk to them before. They're very inspiring young ladies. And the two men that found them. It was a wonderful story. So I take back what I said in relation to that. That was well, interesting. I, I hope you do. Because I do. I, 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 do I do. But generally speaking, Paula, I do find the Late Late Show monotonously boring. Uh, look, I've heard you saying that on numerous occasions. I know. I'm, I'd be only having fun. I'd be having fun, Paula. It was and a fun bit of the show. We were having we were having a bit of crack. I know the two ladies that were on with me were having a laugh as well. And we were just having a bit of crack, Paula. It wasn't meant to be very I serious. I don't think that was funny at all. I was fuming. Okay. Okay, well, I accept that. And if, if you didn't believe it was funny, I apologise to you personally. But I don't apologise for not enjoying the Late Late Show. Well, I've heard you denigrating the Late Late Show so often and yet you always seem to watch it. But anyhow, that's <laughs> no, another story. But that is another story. Do you watch it? I record it and flick through it the next day to see if there's to, anything. To skip the crappy bits. So you, you watch the good bits and you skip the crappy ones. Well, what I think might be entertaining, but I never sit and watch it at night as such. But do you, do you not think, like, for it's meant to be the best show on Irish television because it's the biggest ratings, obviously, on a Friday night. And, you know, sometimes it's like they raid the RTE canteen just to get a few guests. 
Well, I know they take the same guests on over and over again. Yeah. I know that. It's monotonous, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. But and you I think, don't... wouldn't you think, now, even though I know we're in the middle of COVID-19 and all, but wouldn't you think they'd throw a few people into the audience just to, you know, have a bit of laugh? Like, they get social distance, and maybe the audience would normally hold 100 people. Could they not throw 20 in? Well, actually, now, uh, last Friday night, without an audience, I thought it was better than I'd ever seen before. Did you? I did, without the interruption of an audience or anything else, and I thought he did a fabulous job in interviewing the people he was talking to. Now, I thought they were good. I, the only reason I watched it, I'll be honest with you, I was waiting for Ronan Glynn to come on to see what he had to yes, say, he right? Yes, said that, yeah. yeah. Russell Crowe, what was that about? Oh, I didn't. I just flicked through that. Uh, so that did you hear the language out of the man? No, I didn't. Ah, Jesus, Paul, you'd be disgusted. It doesn't interest me, I just... <laughs> You do- oh, I tell you, you would have rang up to complain about that. He told <laughs> some story about a pint of Guinness and the last line, ah, oh, there was a very bad language, Paula. Very bad language. Oh. You think I'm bad? <laughs> <laughs> and Russell Crowe, God bless him, you wouldn't recognise him. He's changed a lot. Well, as I say, I, I record it and just flick through it and if I see something I want to watch, I will watch it and other than that, I don't. Do you and know? who else was on on Friday? Who else was on? The two young uh, ladies that, were, that, that, that survived that? Two rescuers. Yeah, the two rescuers. Who else was on it? I don't know. I think I only watched them and then went on to... Um, Ronan Glynn. Ronan Glynn, yeah. And what did you think of what Ronan Glynn said? Eh, well, he, he was all right. I, I was expecting it to be worse. I was expecting yeah. him to be talking about lockdowns and all sorts of carry on, but he mm-hmm. didn't really. But you think that Tuberty, he doesn't really... Chal- now, he, he was nice interviewing the two girls. Those kind of interviews he handles quite well, right? But if he has like a politician on or, or somebody like Ronan Glynn, do you find he, he just doesn't challenge these people? Probably not, no. I mean, Pat Kenny would have been better at... Now, Pat didn't have the great best personality in the world, but he was political and he was very good at challenging people. Yes, yes. But you can't beat Gay Byrne. You just can't beat him, Paula. Oh, Gay was a legend. (laughs) Ah, it just isn't the same since Gay went. It just isn't, you know. Will you please stop criticising Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I did say I did. If you were listening, I did say he's a nice fella. I met him. He is a nice fella, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Don't just don't criticize him. He does his best. All right. Okay. Okay, Paula. Point taken. Okay. Point taken. <laughs> Thank you. All right. See you. Enjoy. You. Okay. Bye bye. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hits.